Welcome to the journals of MJ Unleashed. Hello you and welcome to a very special episode of my journals under the segment MJ and Friends. In this episode, I'm joined by the unpublished podcast, aka Amy McNee and James Weinstock. Um, and we're you're about to witness a very fucking juicy conversation about artistry, sexuality, sex, creativity, and all that's in between. Like we really fucking go there. Um, it is a topic that I have been wanting to actually talk with these two about for quite some time. Um, yeah. And also, I want you to let you know that this is also a very, very special full circle moment for me. As you maybe know, I regularly reference this podcast and these two amazing creatives. Amy McNee, also known as Inspired to Write, is has been my creativity coach for such a long time now and has really changed the game for me. Um, and both she and James are incredible authors, incredible creative leaders. Um, their podcast has inspired me in so many ways. So yes, I've always wanted to be on this podcast and you are about to witness it fucking happen. Embrace yourselves, everyone. Let's dig in. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Unpublished Podcast. My name is Amy. I'm James. And also, welcome to my journals. My name is MJ, and I am so honored. <laughs> we are doing a little collaboration today. Yes. Um, so the Unpublished Podcast it has come together with MJ Journals, and we're just going to bask in each other's company and talk about a lot of things, I think. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we're going to be putting this podcast episode. Oh, I didn't even give James a chance to introduce himself. Did you say so? Yeah, Did yeah you say I it? said it. Okay, I just well, said James. Okay, great. Don't worry. Don't okay, worry. Um, we're going to talk about sexuality today, sexuality and creativity. And I'm excited to just dive in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. great. Oh, that's why I was halfway through saying that we're going to put it on both of our podcast platforms today. So you can, you might be listening to this on MJ's, you might be listening to this on Unpublished, but whoever you are, we are so grateful that you're here. <sighs> My yeah. brain is mush. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We're sitting in my kitchen in Denmark, in Copenhagen, because Amy and James are currently on their big European tour, and yeah. I am so honored that I get to host you. For a little while here in my home. We're so, so grateful. Fun. So grateful. It's so, so, it's so nice to have family when we travel. Mm. And it's so lovely to get to be with, with you and with so many creatives. We're feeling, we're feeling lucky. Mm. Feeling really lucky. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Something we didn't have last time we came to Europe is we didn't have anyone to meet and talk to wherever mm. we went. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's, it's literally the, like having family everywhere. The best podcast and Instagram has bought for us is this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like. The beauty of your community is mm. just really shining through at the moment. Mm, it really is. Really, really cool. So MJ, you yeah. brought this topic of sexuality to the table today. Mm. Tell us more about what you want to explore. Sure. Okay. Well, we can explore whatever the fuck you want, obviously, <laughs> but like, let's have a starting point. Let's do something. 
Well, I recently read, read your book, mm-hmm. The Rules Upheld by No One. Awesome book, everyone. Um, I'm sure most of you have read it already. (laughs) Um, But like, there's a lot of explicit sex in that book. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was really interesting because recently, in recent years, I've been noticing myself want to include my own sexuality or like Mm. sexuality in general more into my own art. Mm. And noticed I've noticed stories keeping me from doing this and yeah I just want to like get into this topic and like explore why this might be a dangerous area for artists to yeah definitely to take on I think we're all gonna have really interesting perspectives here and that is like so much that we could discuss um because sexuality and art are always gonna you know intersect and meet with one another and it comes with a lot of different conversations um whether it's um you know feeling like we have to stay away from it because you know we're going to be judged or you know I mean I've had a lot of experience releasing such a a sexual book with so much explicit content um in terms of you know what are people going to think of me what my family going to think of me and then also just in terms of like how do I market a book like this so there's that discussion there's also the, the discussion of like um does sex cheapen our art and you know how there's a lot of stories surrounding um I mean you were talking about this MJ with music um and how women you said it better than me I'm about to say what did you say about music and sex especially female singers yeah I feel like there's this weird we we can't win honestly it feels like we can't win as female artists because at one it's like we are are we are meant to almost use our bodies to sell music or that's what the industry has wanted for years. Mm. And then as soon as we, as women then reclaim Mm. that power, we get judged for doing it Mm. still. Yeah. So like there's, it's like, there's no winning um, unless you just, I mean, I want to come more to terms with using it deliberately when I'm on stage or, um, or actually even in my, music and my lyrics stuff like that yeah I love that yeah yeah huge huge James do you have any initial thoughts when it comes to this topic um only you know for me as a writer uh, as a male writer just I feel like it's a weird topic because men have historically been really shitty it's been very male gazy it's been like (laughs) if you read even I mean even recently but especially in the you know thing about fantasy from the 80s and 90s where all the women are beautiful. They all have giant breasts and they all just love the protagonist so much. And they're all fighting for his attention. And then like, it's all about just how can the, it's essentially male. It's these sort of 50 year old white men fantasizing about how great it would be if they lived in a fantasy world and all the chicks loved them. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> men writing sex scenes has, I think rightly, like maybe we've got to put that on the, on the back burner for a while. Yeah. Or I, I always feel more comfortable with, I, I do have in, in the novels I've written, I have some sex scenes and I do just do the fade to black usually. Yeah. Um, would you, pr- would you like to do something else? I don't know. I always fight with you. Uh, not fight with you. I always, for me, you always, every story has to have a romance, but it's not for me the most important thing. Yeah. Um, but I always do like to have it in there. Yeah. But as like a, all the romances in my books are just sort of, they're not a complication. They're just a, and this is a nice mission. thing happening on the side. You wrote a really good blowjob scene from in your Whoa. second book. 
Yeah, you did. And I read it and I was like, damn. <laughs> I, I wrote my male character going down on the female character. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Oh, the male gaze, it, it was, yeah, yeah you you're right. The male gaze I, I just did. I mean, but then even um, then it was like very shadowy and fade to blacky. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to write. And it, it's, it's hard to express sex through art. I think it's just, you know, something that we find cringe naturally. Mm-hmm. And if it's done uh, not to our taste, we can have a very strong reaction to it. I mean, writing my sex scenes is some of the hardest stuff I've ever done. I always leave it to last. And I find it extremely challenging. Um, really? Yeah. It I've, feels so effortless oh, reading it. I mean, that is just honestly. the nicest thing to say to an author. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really enjoy it. Like, I really, I like it. But there's so much, I think, cultural baggage that comes with writing it that makes it just hard. Um, and also, like, personal baggage that comes with it. Um, and, you know, my own story around sex and sexuality that, you know, I have to wade through, let alone all the cultural stories that, you know, have smut as an inferior sort of writing, um, you know. Yeah, it's really interesting, like, the bodice strippers scene as yeah. not real literature. And therefore, if you put sex scenes in your book, you just, like doing some kind of as you said earlier it's commercial you're just trying yeah. to make writing more commercial and cheaper like mm. even when we were talking about doing this topic we were like yeah let's do this because sex sells <laughs> yeah yeah i literally yeah. was i was like if you, we put the word sex in the podcast title yeah. like people will be yeah. intrigued but, I mean, know, we your, love sex your editor really pushed you to put more sex scenes in right yeah. because you were copying she thought I was you were copying, copying out. out yeah and because you made a promise your book promised sexuality but yes. then you naturally i think held yourself back there i did and i still do and i know i have a lot of growth as a creative into how I look at sex and how I express my sexuality and the sexuality of my art I've got so much further to go like this is a real part of me that I think I'm still healing um you know I grew up in you know religious uh culture um so there's still a lot of shame around that for me um and I'm still moving through that and I'm still navigating how I want to like how I actually want to show up um as like a sexual creature and put sex into my art um do you feel like making or sexualizing your stories or whatever does it make you feel like you're less professional and and Mm. not as um worthy of being taken seriously yeah exactly i mean exactly what like james was just saying like bodice rippers are an inferior form of literary work uh look at how we treated 50 shades of gray like obviously there's a lot of nuance to that conversation but people thought it was trash because it was you know first of all it was like sex for women and like it was like you know people call it like porn for women and people fucking hated that thought it was cheap like again this idea that's putting sex in art makes it cheap it's just like such a heavy cultural story um yeah and um i as i approach like how do i want to integrate sex into my art i it comes with all of that all of those stories and as you approach how you want to put you know sex into your art it comes with so many stories and so it's no wonder that we are hesitant about it um and even i think a lot of us don't know how we want to do it or use mm. it or um yeah integrate it because there's so much baggage that comes with it that we don't even know who it is we are or what it is we want to do with the topic mm. yeah. like i wonder if um james you would be more comfortable putting sex into your books if it didn't come with a lot of cultural baggage yeah for sure and even like i think recent something that's turned me off putting more sex in my book recently as well as seeing um who we, jay christoph who we had on the podcast was there was a movement recently about people saying that because he had these quite graphic sex scenes it was creepy in inverted commas like because a because a man was writing it even mm. though i think i like i think he's got he's quite tasteful really good sex scenes and they, yeah. they don't have that kind of they're way better than the old wheel of time 
not this all the time it's got explicit sex things, but the, the way that things like that, those old fantasy stories deal with sex, they're way better than that, but there's, I think, some kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this. That's okay. It's a really, really I think that's the point topic. of it, yeah. yeah. Um, Very. It's really hard. To, I don't know how to talk about this, and I, I like that you said that, honestly. Mm. Um, yeah, Jay Kristoff writes incredible sex scenes, um, and often through a female gaze, and I think that there was just discussion around that. But I think I fucking hope he keeps writing them because he's really, really good at it, and I think he does it in a way that is respectful. I guess it's just a complicated situation because he is a male writing from a female's point of view. You know, I, I don't have a burning urge to put them into my novels, and therefore I'm like, well, it wouldn't be worth the yeah, yeah, the stress, the stress, <laughs> yeah. But again, like in a way, then you have still been. Um, I mean, you've just chosen not to explore something. So in a way, you have silenced a possible route for your stories to go down because mm. it's just very difficult to navigate. Mm. It is. And I think it's okay to allow... Like, I feel like there's a lot of transformation going on around, you know, like, mm. feminism and liberating women and also, like, non-binary trans people when mm. it comes to all these, these things and bringing back power. Mm. Um and I think that's okay that it may be still a little bit confusing also for a white male <laughs> to sit over here <laughs> yeah. and be like, I want to write sex. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's a big thing. It is big. Oh. And it's good that we can have art to explore it and mm-hmm. explore and, and change what it, it looks like in our culture today and change what it looks like for us and, and to explore and learn stuff about us. Like, I know writing Elizabeth, The Rules of Hell by No One was an incredible chance for me to explore my own sexuality um, and how, you know, and just like me and my trauma and my sexual story, like it was such a beautiful place for me to explore that. Um, and I love that art can do that for us. Exactly. Do you feel like your art has allowed you to explore that side of yourself? I feel like I still have a lot of narratives holding me back. I've experimented a little bit with it. Mm. Um, for instance, I think it was, it was maybe a year ago where I shared some more like mm, sexy mm. kind of pictures on my Instagram. I remember you wrote, you thought yeah, it was Yeah, I I, they were gorgeous. <laughs> and like just owning. Actually, for me, it's about owning that that is also a part of me also. Mm as like just a human but also as an artist yeah um and turning it into a power instead of something to be ashamed of Mm. which i feel like it often can be of course um it's hard i think it's hard also with my own history i haven't talked much about this because of like um law stuff i don't know how much i'm allowed to say uh but it has been a real journey for me to again own that part of myself. But I think mm-hmm. some of the things that are holding me back, which are interesting is like, for instance, sharing a picture on Instagram. I feel like, um, if my family saw that mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be a little embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard. That, that's that binary. That's a huge part that holds me back. Like yeah. my family are incredibly supportive and, um, most of them have read my book, but it was, you know, super uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and it brought up super uncomfortable things. Um, and, you know, they're probably listening to this podcast and, you know, it is a relationship that's really difficult to navigate. And when you want to take up space as an artist um, and explore sexuality and sex as an artist, that means doing it publicly, which means making people uncomfortable um, as it is something we don't normally explore publicly. Exactly. But I think that's the gift of being an artist. We do get to be provocative in this way. And it's a shame for us to be um, not using this huge part of what it is to be human and not, you know, making art about it because we're afraid our mums might see it. Exactly. I mean, I saw Dua Lipa recently live and she has an amazing live show. Mm. 
And while she was dancing, I always picture myself as like the artist on stage when I watch cool. shows like that. And I was like, oh my God, I love how she is just grinding. To- it's like, like she, she went run amok on that um, mic stand. And oh, it was yeah, just yeah. so fucking empowering. I loved it. But then I was like, oh my God. I can't invite my family to that show. Yeah. <laughs> if it's me, how can I? I mean, I think I, that's probably one of the things that is holding me back. Oh, that's most. one of the things that's holding me back too, definitely. And probably also colleagues, mm. people in my sphere, would they think less of me? Would they think I was not um, as valid as an artist? Yeah. If I started owning this part of myself. Yeah. Mm. I also get the feeling, I get a bit of imposter syndrome taking up space in like a, in a sexual way as a creative because, oh, you know, I get that. Oh, what if they think like, who does she think she is? You know, I don't know what that is actually, mm. but there's definitely like a sense of fraud. Like you're, you're worried that people think you're attention seeking. Yes. And that's probably yeah. it. Yeah. Attention seeking. Mm. Oh, she's sold herself out. Like she's using sex to sell her art. And that, like exactly what you were saying, MJ, like this idea that like sex is cheap and sex is a seller out and rather than sex being being able to reclaim sex and sexuality throughout art and having it as something extremely powerful extremely transgressive and um extremely nuanced and complex and actually when you say this like a word that i always feel like pops up when i think about you is like rebellious Mm. it feels like a little bit of a rebellion yeah definitely standing in that kind of power yeah i feel like a lot of my actual artistic creativity like creative power comes from from sexuality yeah you know like an indian like um what do you call the chakra system Mm. they also talk about like the sacral the Mm. second chakra as both place of creativity and And sexuality so i mean it is the 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 path to creation yeah exactly yeah i love that yeah it's super important i would love to see our culture move towards a space where we're much more um I don't know. I I just want to see more freedom there. And I want to see more freedom for myself in this space too. And I think about like uh, how I marketed The Rules Upheld by No One. And because it was such as, uh, it's a book about sex essentially. And it's it's actually like a book about my journey with sex and my journey with the church. And um, I just didn't want to market it. You know, and I, d- I didn't fully step into it. And I knew I was holding myself back. Um, I just didn't want to take up all the space because I was just scared of, you know, what if people, you know, people see me as someone who talks about creativity and now talking about sex. That's so confusing. People are going to be like, what is she doing? Like, I just, and it was just like, it's probably for me the most scary space to take up, but I'm so drawn to it. Like my whole, you know, degree was done on sex, sex stories, sex work, pornography in medieval times like to me it's one of the most fascinating parts of human um history and being a like having a human experience is this bizarre you know sexual realm that we all have in one way or another and i'm reading a book at the moment that talks about it and and it really like hit um the reason why i love it because and she says it's because sex uh evens the playing field like you can't Everyone has a story around sex. Like everybody, um, you know, has an experience with it. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from or who you are, what country you're from or, you know, what story you have. Like sex evens the playing field. And I really love that. And I think that's what I want to use to explore in my stories. What was the name of the book? I couldn't tell you. 
Is it the history of sex? I think it might be. We'll try and put it in the notes. It's a really, it's really, really good. And I love it. And I just, I feel like it's a beautiful lens in which to tell stories. Mm. But I'm, I'm still struggling to step into that space. Mm. 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 I was even thinking about, um, we were reading some Sally Rooney like, at the moment. You just finished Normal People. I just started it. And the whole, even though that's considered high literature, somehow... And it's really all about sex. It's all about sex, that book. But it's like, what does Sally Rooney do? Have you, have you read no, any of Sally Rooney's books? I haven't. Um, what does Sally Rooney do to make that a high literature, or, but Fifty Shades of Grey is Yeah, it? yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand either. But if you could define that, maybe that would be the key to it in some way. Mm. You know, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was, I feel like there was a lens that it was there for sexual enjoyment, mm. whereas Sally Rooney's there to, for like your intellect. And it's almost like it's a good cover up. Like Sally Rooney does write pretty good sex scenes, but it's, oh, it's okay to read because it's intellectual rather than, you know, oh, um, I'm sorry, I keep bashing the mic. I'm really sorry, okay. everyone. <laughs> um, rather than Fifty Shades, like you read it almost like, oh, are you get, reading that to get off? Yeah. You know, like, are you reading that for desire's sake? Mm. And that's, there's still something very shameful about that in our society. And the same with music and stuff, I think, you know, are you, oh, you just like her because she's hot. Yeah. You know, true. It's a thing. It's a thing. Mm. You were going to sure. say something, James? But it's funny because you say, oh, you only like that artist because she's hot. But the first time we hear about, we hear a song often, I feel, I don't know, this might just be me, but it's, there's almost like an unconscious, it's not, nothing to do with visuals. Like you hear it on the radio or something and you're like, you just like the rhythm on it. You like the feeling of it. Like you don't even kind of explain why. Mm. And then that's almost like an over-rationalization or something. Or mm. I, I often have enjoyed it. Say if a hot, a really hot woman puts out a song, I've often enjoyed the song. And even if it's about sex, I've often enjoyed the song, not really realizing it was about sex, just enjoying the beat. And mm. then I, and then only later do I find out it was by a hot woman who's, just who's, like, ta- who's singing about sex. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. It is. Mm. I think also part of what um, this topic means to me is I think it's about like owning an identity and hmm, how do I want to put this? Like, because we are, we, we are so many things. We are so many things. And sometimes it can feel like if I'm also supposed to or, or uh, let people see me as a sexual being, mm. does it take away from other identities or like ways I've um, positioned myself in the public eye? Mm. For instance, for me, um, we talked a little bit about the topic spirituality t- earlier, but like to come back to it in my own case is that I've felt for years that I wasn't allowed to be both spiritual and sexual. Oh, yeah. I felt like it was like a... What? Yeah, a binary. Yeah, binary. binary, Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like a monk or you're... Yeah. A whore. Yeah. I mean, that's the Madonna whore story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. And so you get to reclaim both being spiritual and sexual in your music. Is that something you feel like, oh, you want to do that or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I look to artists who actually do this now Mm -hmm. and and like... um, on, what do you call it? Um, deliberately, mm. I, I try to find um, expanders to my reality who do this. For instance, Ariana Grande, mm. who is awesome in my book. 
she does this. And I find that really, really inspiring and liberating because mm-hmm. we can be more than one thing. I mean, that's such a beautiful thing, right? I feel like I'm really sitting with that at the moment. Like, I just want to make sure that in my work, in my art, in the way that I'm witnessed, I am seen as more than one thing, mm-hmm. that I don't really have to make a lot of sense. Um, and a big part of that is taking up space um, sexually. And I don't know why I'm so called to that, but I always have been called to that since since I was like, you know, a teenager. Um, and that's a big part of my story. And I'm so excited to actually properly give myself permission to lean in, even though I have just fucking released the most horny book. I did not fully step into it. Mm. And, it's, and it's such a shame to me, but, you know, we all go through, we have to move through these stories. And, and for a lot of us, our sexual stories are really, really heavy. And for me, they have felt really, really heavy. Mm. And it's going to take a long time for me to get comfortable in a, in a place where I can really fucking dive in. It's weird how many biases we bring to this. Like just even just on genre biases. So a poem about sex is seen as a high form of art as well. Like a really horny poem by some 18th century dude. He's like, mm. Oh, how, how romantic is that? Mm. But if you transpose that into a like fanfic. Yeah. Something that you would find on the internet, you'd be like, Oh man, that's super sleazy. Yeah. But it's the same themes, all the same actions. <laughs> yeah. Like, We've just it's been fed so many rules about sex. And a poem, yeah. like the difference between a poem and a music, a, a music is just a poem. With sound. With sound, <laughs> with, a, with an instrument, with an instrument. So it's like, it's, yeah. why is one a classy way to talk about sex and one's selling your body? Mm. Maybe because it sells, maybe because they sell, makes more, uh, music is more popular or something, but I don't know. Mm. And maybe popularity has something to do with it. People don't like popular things. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's so mm. interesting. It is. But I think, but like actually being able to, I've witnessed you as someone on like Instagram, like a creative um, coach and mentor. And then I read your book. Yeah. And I was, I was nervous before reading it because I don't know this part of you. Yeah. But it was, it only gave, only made me love you more as a creator and artist, honestly. And I want us to all remember that Mm. when we do that generous thing of showing more parts of ourselves, we're actually share. I mean, it's, it's a gift. Mm. It's a gift I received from you to be able to read your smut. Honestly, (laughs) We've been talking a lot about how much you hold back from your, on your Instagram. Because you've modulated yourself too much on what you think people want to see of you. Yeah. I think it's very easy once you start getting good feedback about one thing to then just continue doing the same thing. Yeah. Audience capture, I think they call it. Yeah. And I'm definitely, I mean, I love the work I do. And I think that's the reason why I haven't called myself up on it as much as I should have, because I love, you know, talking about creativity um, so much, but I have kind of, I feel like I'm in a bit of a corner in just the way that I've treated this and because I've only created the same thing. And I really do want to be witnessed in many other ways. And you know, the one big way I want to be witnessed, I want to be witnessed as like a sexual creative, which is really interesting that we come across this topic. And, but, and that's just because it's always fascinated me and my art's all about it. My, non, my fiction is all about sex. And it's just so interesting that I've held myself back so much from being perceived in this way. Um, and again, like I, I came from, you know, a religious upbringing. So there's a lot there for me to move through. But like the only way I know I'm going to move through it and move through any residual shame is by uh, taking up space and bringing it into the light and, and talking about it more. And it's just interesting how long it's taking me to move through this journey. And honestly, it's so annoying. I guess it's hard to know how you'd even integrate it, right? Like, exactly. It's quite, um, you know, sex is always seen as very aggressive mm. and, um, oh, she's, you know what, like, I don't know how you'd integrate it. Mm. Um, I think maybe that's why, I've, um, maybe we haven't seen it enough. Yeah. Either. Yeah, exactly. And also there's a lot of complications there with, you know, the social media platforms and, um, what's that word? 
censoring yeah censoring and things like that mm. as well oh yeah yeah um <laughs> like yeah. you can't even show your nipples exactly yeah so. mm. Mm. yeah i took like this excellent nude of me the other day and i was like i just it seems ridiculous <laughs> that i can't share this on instagram this is fun fucking fantastic. Like, we want it yeah it wasn't even a full nude it was like just it was tasteful tasteful mm-hmm. but it was in a beautiful mirror yeah i, I mean like, i'd be so excited to get to see like the powerful yeah, sexual yeah. like yeah then, amy on instagram too i mean then you'd have to cope with like you get reported heaps of times and like you'd get yeah. people i don't know people would be annoying about it's, it um, it comes with a lot of friction talking yeah. mm-hmm. you know owning your sexuality as an artist particularly as um, a woman um comes at a very high cost mm. and you know that's again why it's so hard to integrate your art with with sex and to integrate your the space you're taking up with sexuality because it is challenging. Yeah. I mean, not only isn't it allowed on social media, mm. but it's also like I, what I hear you saying is also just being accepted mm. by society, mm. by your community, by the people we love, like yeah. I was talking about before. Exactly. I mean, that acceptance is such a big um, motivator to, you know, keep doing the safe thing. Yeah. Um, and not go out there and, and try something else that, you know, we feel called to do. Exactly. Um, I yeah. was just thinking about, like, another example has nothing to do with sex. But in ways I also try to, mm, I noticed ways that I try to stay accepted by people that I admire or whatever. For instance, last year I was doing a lot of creative work um, consistently and because I've been listening to your podcast like <laughs> a lot and you know like connecting and a lot um, and I felt really good I felt like oh my god Amy and James you would just love me for doing this and so I kept going but then at one point I felt oh shit it's starting to drain me and mm-hmm. I got panicked because I can't change this now this is the right way to do things I got mm-hmm. people I, I mean people I care about and admire tell me that this is what I need to do. So having that courage to then step back and be like, this is not working for me. Yeah. This is not um, who I am. Yeah. And daring to then do something be else different. and be an example of something else. Yeah. I think and is. And permission giver. Exactly. To do something else. Exactly. Yeah. Stepping away from what is expected of you or, you know, what you know gives gives you praise and community is is very hard yeah um this is something and maybe this isn't fully relevant but you know you can always anytime you see a study or something that's like oh people learn better or create better by doing this it's like well they've always taken that headlines always come from the middle of that cohort like there are always people if you actually look at the study always people on the very far extremes who doesn't work for it at all Mm. so it's like it's never relevant to take i mean you can always take advice from people but it's never you should never just do exactly as someone tells you to do. You should always try and filter it in some way through your own perception and your, yeah, and, yeah, your and own And you need to be, that's why we always, you need to be so in touch with mm. your own inner story, right? Otherwise, mm. if you just listen to us all day, then it's, of course it's not going to work mm. for you. It's never going to work for you. Yeah. But it is so much easier when other people tell you what to oh do. Oh my God, yeah. it's so much easier. <laughs> it is. It is so much easier. And so um, for me, I felt like, you know, it's just easier to show up uh, in a very like, 
I don't know, like in a certain way that doesn't integrate sex, that doesn't integrate the complexities of being a human life because that's what I've seen that people want from me. Mm. And so it's just been easy to repeat that over and over again. Mm. Um, yeah, do you feel like that is how you get the most praise and that's how you Yeah, exactly. I've, yeah. You've learned how to do it. Mm. And that's a classic, um, you know, a lot of creators move through this. We figure out, and it often happens in our education systems, we figure out how we get approval from teachers, from parents, and then we just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Um, and I see myself in a pattern like that at the moment and I'm so proud of myself for seeing that and I'm excited to see how I can break that pattern and move forward and you know I want to be witnessed as a human being and I think that's what a lot of artists want um I think that's what we all want really and I think that I have kind of dissected myself to being a very uh, singular thing and I'm really proud of what I've created and like I love talking about creativity and, and everything always links back to creativity which mm -hmm. is why it's such a fucking excellent subject but I do want to be witnessed more as a whole um and that includes sexuality we often talk about if you were coaching yourself yeah you'd be I like say? what are you doing Amy? yeah right now i would a little bit yeah, mm. yeah. and you know i we're traveling and i i mean you can probably tell from like how erratic i feel like my language is and i'm losing words i'm very very tired but i'm very excited to get home and to sit with myself and to coach myself and to talk about like what's happening and and mm. how can i change and how can i be witnessed more fully as myself how can i integrate um, my sexuality more into my books into into the way that I show up online and in all of it mm. yeah I mean we often talk about how as well it would be great if there was a model of something like if there was someone 10 years ahead doing exactly what we were doing that we could try and model out we mm. get some mentorship from or something and it's just so it is such an important thing to have but we just it's really hard to find it's hard to be a trailblazer yeah exactly it is it's, it can be a little lonely lonely and, yeah and a lot of um what do you call it room for errors and yeah. mistakes and detours and yeah they can be it. um everyone who i've coached uh over the last few weeks i've that themes come up over and over again i need someone i can copy because i don't want to be out the front um and just having to sit back and realizing and i see this in umj like um you have been gifted and perhaps cursed with the the role of being out the front and give, leading the way and giving permission to those who come after you. And that means that um, there's no one out there. There's no footsteps to follow. And that can be extremely lonely and painful. Um, but it's so important what you're doing because we're creating profound change. And yeah, it is really hard. And it's I love so us. I love us for doing this. Mm. Um, and we've got to cling to each other and, and we've got to you know make podcasts and we've got to take care of one another because it can be very exhausting. I think yeah. that's a big word for me. It's exhausting yeah. not having anyone to follow. But it's important work we're doing and we have to sit in that knowledge too. Yeah. I feel like one of the most amazing things or amazing ways we can actually support each other as artists is like keep um, trusting in each other, mm. trusting that I not, I'm not going to know what you create next, yeah. but I know that I'm going to love it because it's you. Yeah. And I know that it will always have your essence in it. I mm. mean, sometimes I can I can feel scared to diverge from a path that I've even set for myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, because what what will people think? Will yeah. they still enjoy my music if I suddenly create in another genre or... Yeah. Um, or like, <laughs> I, I haven't even integrated my two Instagram pages yet, my music Instagram mm. and my um, MJ Unleashed Instagram, mm. because I'm like, um, do, yeah. are people gonna, are they gonna feel like weird Confused. that I'm talking about acting and yeah. podcasting and journaling and yada, 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 yada. I mean, but I think that is like the ultimate compliment you can give an artist is 
showing trust in them, like mm. loving them as the artist and then knowing that. Whatever they make. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And again, I've spoken about this so much over the last few weeks. Um, we just so often feel like we have to fragment ourselves in order to be con- easily consumable. Um, but we interact with humans all the time. Like we know that humans are complex and nuanced. And I feel like as artists, we we can stop dissecting ourselves and trying to make us like, you know, small chunks so that people aren't too overwhelmed by who it is we are and just acknowledge that artists are fascinating, complex, you know, sexual um spiritual beings and there's a lot to us you know most of us are multidisciplinary but have just you know chosen to niche down because that's what the culture tells us but you know let us see all of you and we will trust that what you make next uh will be a part of who you are and that's so special i mean that is the whole reason why i started my other instagram account because i felt like i was as a musical artist i i was in some weird position where I had to be just one thing and I had to show up in like one um, mysterious uh, blah, blah, blah kind Mm -hmm. of way. I wasn't allowed to actually express who I fully was. And then I created that other platform and allowed myself to be one billion things and test and experiment and change and pivot and, Mm. you know, explore. And how has that felt in comparison to that? uh, Much more fun. Yeah, more fun. (laughs) Free. And actually, even though I've, I've recently looked back on my old account and it's not that it wasn't you know um generous or wasn't uh, beautiful or whatever but I wasn't feeling it mm. as the creator as I was doing it I was feeling like I had to make myself into the smallest yeah. little pill so yeah. everyone would be able to swallow it yeah and I feel like I noticed this also in other creatives that we feel like you know we got to make sure that everyone likes us Yes. Yeah. I mean, creatives are notorious people pleasers. Mm. Um, And, you know, culturally we've been taught that people pleasing, um, that, sorry, that, oh man, you know what? My brain. You're doing, I'm doing, I'm doing good, (laughs) but like. I think also often people, the stories they tell about themselves, the the stories they tell about what they should do are just some arbitrary bullshit they just made up one day. Mm. And then like, it just gets, for some reason, certain stories we tell hook into our brain for some unknown reason and stay there. And then when you actually, and no one's ever takes even a second to think about, do I want to do this? Is this is how I want to do something? And you just assume, well, that's my goal. That's my dream. That's my whatever. And so they're like, whereas we always say to ourselves, oh, we should be reaffirming constantly that what we're doing right now is what we want to be doing. And we, and, yeah. and we don't do it enough, but yeah, I mean, sh- it's a really scary thing to do because you go, well, yeah. what if I, what if I, tr- what if what I'm doing right now isn't what I want to be doing? And then yeah. I'm going to have to recreate myself again. <sighs> been there yeah Yeah, it's hard we should always be i mean like that's what i said to james the other day i was like do you still want to be a writer like you know like these like that sounds like just like it even gives me like anxiety saying it out loud like oh my god like we have to ask ourselves those kind of questions but yeah you have to even ask yourself do you want to be a creative like because we get to so attached to titles and names and uh, labels because Mm. they make us consumable Mm. um that we can be transforming and, you know, evolving and all of a sudden it isn't what we want, but we're so attached to these titles that they hold us back and keep us small and, you know, sometimes make us very sick Mm -hmm. because we've grown into something that isn't that title, but we've clutched so tightly to it because it makes us consumable or it makes us easy to understand that, um, you know, we just, we feel like we can't let go, but we should always be asking ourselves those hard questions. And as scary as those questions are to ask, if the answer is yes, then... That's a great feeling. Yeah, it is mm. a good feeling. But like, it's you're much better off having a definite yes than a maybe that's always percolating back there, back in your mind. 
I mean, that question, what do you want, mm. is one of the most powerful questions mm. ever, yeah. really. Um, I feel like that's also what we're doing by talking about, like coming back to the initial topic yeah. we were talking about, sexuality. Is, what is it that I want? Yeah, do yeah. I want? I was going to ask you that question. Yeah. Like if you had um, the freedom to express yourself um, mm. sexually through your art, like what would you want to do? Exactly. Like, do you have an answer? Have you dared to think about it? Mm. Well, music is still a really tender topic for me, mm -hmm. um, but I would definitely want to explore sexuality in my music more mm. and more. Um, just to like also tie back to what you were just saying before, um, it is really painful to lose. If you've listened to my podcast, you know that I burned out a couple of years ago and absolutely lost the drive to even you know create. Mm. And music was the only thing I'd been focusing on for years, mm. for years and years. So I, I had no other creative outlet. I did not, did not know what I was be anymore because I did not want to be a singer or a musician mm. of my own art. Um, and that's so painful. And it's been a journey ever since. But I've also explored, you know, other avenues and understood that, wow, I'm more than just one thing. Mm. And now I feel like, yeah, sexuality is definitely one of the things that I want to also integrate into all of this. I'm, I don't know exactly how it's going to look, mm. honestly. I know I want to experiment with like lyrics mm. that explore these topics, but also just in... I, I actually practice this a little bit when I'm out gigging, you know, winning gigs or yeah, yeah. whatever, and allow myself to, you know, like flirt yeah, beautiful. with the audience or um, allow myself to move in ways that um, feel sexually liberating to me. Mm. Um, so fucking cool. Or I go to, like, now I take dance classes every Monday, um, heels yeah. dance classes, and it's all about being hot. Yeah, I love I that. Love it. I love that. I mean, it gives me so much power yeah. and so much energy and light. And I've, I've needed that for years yeah. as yeah. a chronically tired person. Yeah, too. <laughs> I love that. I think that there's so much um, power to reclaim through putting sex into our art. And I think too many of us are sitting with a huge amounts of shame still around sexuality and, and art and creativity is an incredible way to reclaim your sexual power and to put shame out into the light and watch it fucking sizzle away um, because it's your sexuality and, and you're owning it and it's not owning you or, you know, keeping you in the dark in shame. And art's mm. just the fucking coolest place to do that. And that's why I think I've loved to write about it in fiction, but I, I want to embody it more and more. And I'm really excited for you, MJ. Like, it's just delicious. Like, I love listening to that like it's so cool and exciting well you could also write about it in non-fiction yeah definitely be a good place to explore it like yeah. you have that platform that you i feel like you if you you could explore this topic more through yeah your yeah definitely posting. yeah definitely there's so many ways i can do it and i'm excited for it mm. um yeah really excited for it mm. Mm. i'm excited for i'm excited for all of us Let's yeah these are such <laughs> Even important, you, important conversations <laughs> yeah yeah i'm excited for you too james mm -hmm. For all the sex scenes you'll write in all your future novels. <laughs> I'm just excited I will to make you put it. <laughs> I'm just excited to read something that you created sometime. Thank you, MJ. Yeah. Hey, what did you actually answer when Amy asked you, do you still want to be a writer? Yeah, I do. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Good. Mm. Okay. I do too. Lovely. Do you still want to make music? I don't know, actually. Mm. I'm not quite sure. I know that I've been avoiding it. Um 
for a long time because they're like I had some traumatic experiences that bled into yeah. this arena for me, sadly. But I'm working slowly on like I think another very valid away. answer is I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And that's um is very valid. I think Amy and I um have often talked about the fact that we don't feel like we're these writers who have to write. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there are other fulfilling things I could do that, and I would be just as happy doing them. It's not like it's writing or nothing. It's just writing is currently something that I find really fulfilling and I really enjoy. Um, if I wasn't a professional writer in 20 years time, would I look back disappointed at myself? I don't think so. Mm. I think it's just something I'm, I'm enjoying right now. Yeah. Which is a beautiful way to hold lightly to it. I think as well. It also mm. gives you flexibility. Yeah. I know I have to create. Um, it's probably the only thing I'm sure about. There's so much bitterness that comes from people who get to a certain point in their journey and that they haven't fulfilled what this arbitrary unattainable idea of success was. Like, even people who are insanely successful and they look back and they're like, oh, I didn't make enough of myself. And you're like, well, because you had some kind of weird expectation on yourself from the start yeah. that you were never going to fulfill. And even in your success, sometimes now you, it, you've done yourself a disservice because you, you didn't actually stop to think about what it is that you, you wanted. wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It happens too much. And that's when you, mm. when you see really sad, su successful people, I'm like, did you want this in the first place? Mm. So sad. Mm. Mm. Wow, yeah. we went lots of places there, but that was um, that was great. I have no idea how long we've been talking. Fifty-one minutes on the holy video, shit! But I, reckon but I reckon like forty. We're fucking around for two minutes. Oh, okay. No, not two minutes. We're oh, fucking around for ages. Ten? Yeah, ten. Oh, you got the whole like, I got sound the whole, testing. I got thing. it all. Wow, perfect. <laughs> release it as bloopers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you oh, for isn't... having us. Thank, Thank you, you for having MJ. me. Too. This is so cute. Yeah. I lugged this mic all around Europe. Just for this Just moment. For, well, this... for this and for the, our other podcast we haven't released yet. So <laughs> basically one hour. <laughs> and it's been the bane of my life because it does not fit well into suitcases. Oh, no. Worth it. I yeah. think it's worth, worth it. for this discussion. I think it was worth it. Yeah. Mm, right. Well, Should we? How do you sign off your podcasts? I just tell everybody I love them and then I say you see right. Right. Love you Something guys. Like love that. you guys. Yeah. Love you. Ciao. Bye. Bye.